if your goal is to be consistent, get consistent at things that you don't like. Like be consistent in the gym. If your goal is to go out and be consistent every day on the doors, you better learn how to be consistent in other aspects of your life. If your goal out there is to like be really good at sprinting, like, okay, I'm only gonna be out there two months, but for those two months, I'm gonna just leave everything on the table. You better learn how to be good at sprinting in other aspects of your life. Welcome everybody out to the DDD podcast, the Golden Door Deep Dive segment of the podcast where I, your host, Roz, interview and pick the brains of all the Golden Door winners that we have for DDD Con 7 this year. And today we are truly blessed. We got Big Zach Kinzel. Is that how you say your yep. last name? Yep. We got Big Zach Kinzel in the house. Um, he's rolled up in his beautiful Corvette. He's, he's flashing his house keys to me of, <laughs> of the house he just closed on. Uh, so first and foremost, congratulations on your golden door. Thank you. Congratulations on the house closed. Thank you. Congrats on the Corvette. Appreciate and it. And then you just got married, I believe? Yeah, just got married two weeks ago. Oh, so ladies, he's no longer single. Unfortunately. He's taken <laughs> off the market. Yep. A family man at heart. Yep, beautiful. I lost my ring, unfortunately, already. <laughs> Dude, you got to get a rubber one. I know, I know. Lake Powell did me dirty. Lake Powell. Gorgeous wife, Morgan. Shout out to her. Shout out. Um... But anyways, dude, yeah, congratulations. How how old are you? 23. 23. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dude, and what summer was this for you? This was my fourth summer. Okay. So yeah. fourth summer, you've been doing it since you were 18? Yeah. Sounds yeah, like? Yeah, 19. 19, 20, 18, 19. 20, actually, 2020 was my first summer knocking. But okay. yeah, it's my yeah fourth year. So it ain't your first rodeo. Nope. It's your second Golden Door, I believe. Yep. Okay. First million so dollar you- summer. You've been around the block, million dollar summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your rev last year? It was six fifty two. Okay, so just last over. year just barely hit it. Mm-hmm. This year, more than surpassed it. Yep. Why didn't the you get the golden, the double golden, dude? Oh, you know what happened? Shout out to all my other warriors that are still out there knocking. But I had a wedding that I had to attend, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and it was Touché. it was my own, so <laughs> so couldn't miss that one. Uh, yeah, um, I'm sure Morgan would not have been no, happy with no. you. If, the double uh, golden door, it only means so much. When... So many sacrifices are made exactly. for couples during the summers. Yep. Um, uh, so shout out again to Morgan for that sacrifice. Yep. And congratulations. <laughs> what, when was the wedding day again? It was um, September. I need, to, I need to have this memorized. But it was the last Sunday in September. Wow. So fresh from the honeymoon. Yep, 29th. Fresh from the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, high on life. Uh Dude, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. Awesome to pick your brain. It's been fun. Him and I have been kind of like Instagram friends over the last couple of weeks as I've, as I have interviewed um, several of his colleagues um, and have gotten to know him and his squad, down-to-earth guys, open books, willing to share their tips and tricks, willing to share their mindset uh, because truly they are built different. Truly they are <laughs> drinking the secret sauce Yep. that everybody is so coveting after. And it is, a again, a blessing to have you here. So you. let's walk through your story. What got you into door-to-door? 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it was kind of a tough situation because I was in, I was in college and I had an internship. I, I graduated in international marketing. And so I had an internship, uh, abroad to go in between 20, 2020, like that summer. Yeah. Do you speak other languages then? Um, I, not too much anymore. I, at the time I was fairly fluent in German and gotcha. my mom's deaf. So I know sign language fluently is international um, marketing is a very marketing is a very interesting niche yeah so i was gonna go to germany i was gonna work for gatorade it was gonna be super cool um and then covid happened that spring and everything shut down we got we all got sent back home i went to college in chicago got sent back to boise idaho didn't know what i was gonna do um because i the internship was also paid mm. and so i was using that to help you know cover my next semester because i wasn't like a full ride kind of guy unfortunately and so went um worked on a farm for like two days and i was like yeah this sucks this is so like not the me. potato farm in yeah, idaho yeah it was not for me and uh my my sister had a boyfriend at the time and and uh he was doing door to door and she was like yeah he's leaving in like two weeks or whatever to go do door to door in um california and i was like yeah no i'm not gonna do that but then after two days on the farm i'm like hey will you give me his number i'm actually uh i wouldn't be opposed to hearing it out Heard it out. He said, you can make 15 grand in the summer. I'm like, bet. That's perfect. <laughs> like, that's all I'd ever need, right? Um, and then that's how I started in, in door-to-door. Went out my first year with Vantage Marketing. Great company. Love all the guys over there. Um, they they pushed me to be, like, really great that year. I did, like, just under 400 accounts, a little under 250K in rev. Um, so I made a little bit more than 15 grand, which is cool. That's good. Um, and then that was able to pay for my last semester of college, and then I was done. And then I decided, let's just go full time into this and see where it takes me. Gotcha. I can always go back, you know, and and lean back on my degree if it doesn't work out. So you finished up college pretty early, then. Yeah, I graduated in two years. Oh, it's impressive. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, so you're a book smart guy, you're a street smart guy, um, and it sounds like you've had quite the quite the journey so far. So uh, walk me through each summer. So. You did a little more than 400 accounts your first year. Uh, yeah, a little under 400 accounts. A little under. Yeah. Uh, under and, then, um, and then the next year, was that when you went to Grit? Or? No, so I actually started my own pest control company in um, Boise, back in Boise, Idaho, with a couple of buddies from Vantage. We went over there, um, started the a, a company called Exopest. It's still around. Shout out to my guys who still own Exopest. You guys are homies. Um, it just wasn't for me. I wasn't passionate about bugs, honestly. And so... They had been doing door-to-door for a lot longer than I had. And I, you know, took a chance and saying like, okay, like I could do door-to-door for the next five years or I could just start my own company, invest in myself, make mm-hmm. the residuals and kind of lean back on six figures a year and be okay. Um, then I saw the results and the numbers and everything that the grit was putting up. Um, and I was just like, honestly, I was like, yeah, that's not real. Like that's obviously <laughs> fake. Cap. And so literally, you know, like, yeah, no one does... 1700 accounts in a summer that does not exist and so i totally discredited it i knocked onto a door they said hey my son does door door you should talk to him i was like oh yeah i'm gonna come recruit him to come work for me at my company well that guy ended up being jackson jr Mm. i don't know if you've ever heard of him of course um and so jackson jr we set a meeting he did a little bait and switch uh was like yeah like I'll hear about yours if you hear about mine, whatever. Of course. The I end, yeah, I ended up flying out to Utah, check out the grid office at the time, met all the guys, made made tons of sense, um, you know, to to take a chance on myself, I guess. And like, because I did walk away from a pretty stable, you know, pest control residual income um, to make, to on the promise, you know, you're, I'm going to make 
you know, three, four times as much money. And then I don't have to do bugs. I can just work on sales and recruiting and training, which, which is what I'm passionate about. I'm more of, I'd like to be more of like a trainer and a sales rep than like a pest control guy, if that sure. makes sense. So did that, came to the grit, uh, trained really hard, burned all the bridges, um, went out that's my second summer. I should say I did just an under 400 accounts again for about 250 K almost the same as my rookie year. Um, and then came to the grit that next year I did 650 K obviously 585 accounts. So contract value doubled yeah. between my, my company, which was 615 and my contract value last year was 1280. Um, and then this year was my second summer at the grit fourth summer total. And that's when I did a million on like 940 accounts. So about a week short of a thousand account summer. Wow. Well, so congratulations. Maybe I'll go dabble. I don't know. <laughs> uh, absolute uh, beast. A bad summer to be a bug. Uh, where were you this last summer? Um, I was in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. Tell me about yep. that market. That was great, dude. Um, tons of companies, tons of great competition. I mean, I'm going, I was going up against guys who are just total studs like Tristan Smith with Essential, um, you know, Trevor Rusevich at Moxie. There's tons of great guys at, at all the companies out there, Hawks, Green X, you know. Very competitive market. Yeah. Um, you know, Vantage went up against Andrew Osler. You know, he's a he's a great rep and there's there's tons of good competition out there. So it's a it's a way different market than anything I was used to. Um, but the adjustments were made and, and ended up being successful. There we go. What was the hardest part about the market? Hardest part about the market? Dude, I don't know. I mean, every market has its challenges. Um, you know, I think this market specifically it was obviously it was very competitive so there was like mm -hmm. lots of and it wasn't competitive with bad sales reps it was competitive with really good sales reps and so mm. that that had its own challenges because you know you can f go behind a bad sales rep and still do really well um you can go behind a good sales rep and still do really well as well but you have to really like make yourself different and stand out because lots of those guys do the same thing they make themselves different mm. as well and yeah so, and you're not I mean, the door oh i'm doing something totally different yeah exactly oh, yeah the last five guys said that exactly and it's like andrew oster is a thousand account rep trevor rusevich is a 800 account rep and you know tristan smith is a golden door and so you know it's 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 no joke out there but i think just being really good at switchovers and and that's kind of my bread and butter i'd say so that helped a lot for sure yeah i'm sure all the bugs in cincinnati are going extinct right oh, now yeah. there's no bugs um, between all those companies there's no bugs left. absolutely bonkers <laughs> um so uh kind of tell me about that what did you do to make yourself different then um you know i would say the biggest thing to make myself different was like cool calm collected um i don't really care if you buy or not like somebody will and uh just be, just putting myself in front of uh, or putting myself in the position where when someone opened the door, it wasn't like I was being a burden to them. It was more like, hey, listen, I'm just here to do I'm here to do my job. I promise you I won't take more than like 20 seconds of your time if you let me or if you don't let me and then, you know, I'll be out of your hair. It's like I'm I wouldn't say I'm like super aggressive or pushy necessarily. It's more so just like, you know. If you want to buy, buy. If you don't, don't. And like somebody will. Like I, yeah. I know, I know I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I stay pretty on top of my numbers, so I know what it's going to take. How many talks it's going to take for me to be able to finally close somebody. Yeah. So it just takes a weight off your shoulder, not knowing, like, oh yeah, well, I know I'm not going to bagel. I know I'm, like, statistically speaking, I'm going to do more than like six to eight today. Like, I don't know when I'm going to find them. I might all come for between eight and nine p.m., but like, they will be there if you just keep your head down and keep working. Like. And like, you know, the people who give you a chance don't miss. 
and the people who don't give you a chance don't stress yeah absolutely and yeah legendary legendary speech right now so um a small fire is starting up in the office i can feel it yeah um but anyways um so talk to me about um you know we're talking about differentiating yourself from other people um your typical customer that you talk to Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of, like, are you like a I'm a close everybody kind of guy, or if it's like, oh, if they're not biting in the first, you know, little bit, I'm out. Yeah, that's a good question. It's uh, to me, you just a lot of people think that you can like, and, and like, I think truly a lot of people think that they're good enough to gauge customers. I don't think any of us are really good enough to gauge customers as far as like. I mean, everybody that's listening I know has been in a situation where like they closed somebody who was not vibey and they said yes. And mm-hmm. you're like, wow, I cannot believe that that actually worked. And like they're just signing up and they didn't give you really any objections, but they weren't like friendly the whole time, you know? Yeah. So those those are the people that a lot of people walk away from. They're like, they're not giving me anything. They're not vibey. They're not like they're giving snark comments or whatever. Like, but if the door's open, the door's open and like, like, Everything, you know, I feel like I'm just a waterproof jacket, like, like things get thrown at me and it just like runs off. Right. And so, yeah. so if someone says something quick or snarky or, or they're just not like super interested, I'm still going to just like understand like that it's not personal against me. It's just the personal against the situation that they're in. Mm. I would feel the same way if someone knocked on my door and maybe I wasn't necessarily interested. Like I'm not really going to put a ton of time and effort into this conversation doesn't mean i'm not ever gonna say yes it just means that you know you haven't piqued my interest enough for me to really like to give you anything like and i think Mm -hmm. that um there's a good book and i'm I'm trying to remember oh um how to win friends and influence people oh a classic great book and and they talk about like the best way to to win friends and, and like influence people is by first having interest in people and so some people don't want to give you the time of day. Some people do. The people who do take advantage of it. The people who don't, like I said, don't stress it. It's like if they say no two, three times, I'm out of there. It's like, dude, I really don't care. Somebody will say yes. You yeah. Know? I'm not going to be like, please, come on, please, come on. Yeah. Like You're it, too busy as it is. Exactly. It's like there's eight other people that are waiting to buy. I just got to go find them. That's wild. So, How many people would you close a day? Um, I would sell like between like eight to 10 a day, eight roughly. To, okay. How yeah. many doors does that equate to roughly a day? Um, usually, usually I would sell like one out of every like four people I talk to or one out of every like five people I talk to. So, okay. and, and the doors vary. It's just like, you know, who answers, how many people answer versus how many people don't answer, you know? So like mm-hmm. some days 50 people would answer and you know, you'd sell 15 of them or something. And some days like. And, and you knock 100 doors, and some days you knock 100 doors, and only 30 people answer. And, like, you know, so, or you knock 180 doors, and only 20 people answer, right? Yeah. But really, it's just like, because all I care about is who, who I talk to. So if they open the door, I count it. And one of every four to five people that open the door were buyers. What's your specialty? Like, what is the hardest customer that everyone else struggles with, but you can get? Oh, dude, that's a good question. Um, I, don't know, I think my specialty is just, um, like de-escalating the customer who who has heard it 10 times you know mm. it's like if someone like coming out hot and bothered yeah, like come you're out, the 10th guy dude, yeah you're the 10th guy here and it's like yeah no i get it man like not trying to bother you i i hear you like like i apologize on their behalf like i, I can't <laughs> i'm just here to do my job you know what i mean so yeah. but i think um switchovers are for sure my specialty um like getting someone 
I think it's way easier. I know a lot of people in the industry think it's way harder to sell someone who is using another company Mm -hmm. because they're just like, oh, like, you know, it all comes down to the price, right? And it really doesn't. Like I would switch people that were paying 600 a year into paying 1200 a year and they're fully aware of the difference, but they understand it and they're, they've, they understand the value in it. And so they would easily, you know, bite the worm and go for it. But I think the switchovers is probably my specialty in, in getting people to see value where the other sales rep who sold them didn't mm-hmm. show them that value. So whether it's even just one, because you don't have to win in every category. You only have to win in one category. And if you win in one category, you're better. Like it's either 99 or 100. There's no like, like, oh, 99 could be better because no, 100 is better. It's more. It's better. And if you're already paying for it, why would you not pay for more? Like, why would you not get more? So like, you, you, you know, in pest control specifically, everyone kind of does roughly the same thing, right? They all kind of spray around the base of the home. They all kind of sweep down spider webs. They all kind of treat the yard. They all kind of do mice, whatever. But every company you compete against, there's one thing that they don't do super well that you do super well. And you just have to win on that one thing and just get the customer to understand like, Dude, what? You know, it's pest control. Like, you don't care who kills your bugs. You really don't. It's like, <laughs> you just this, want them dead. This is better. And if it's better, why wouldn't you? You know? So I think I, I mean, in my opinion, I think I could convince anything, anybody to just like try it just for the one reason, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like convincingly different or convincingly better. Yeah. Well, uh, to our listeners out there, uh, I'm going to give you a two second break for your wrists because I know you're taking notes and the wrists, you know, you're writing at lightning speed to uh, absorb everything that Zach is uh, graciously spewing upon us. Um, So, what did it take for you to get good at switchovers then? Like, I mean, Um, I know you talked about like, you know, there's always that one thing that's better. Yeah. But, you know, the mind shift, everything. And then from the technicality standpoint, too. Yeah, I think um, first. First off, talking mindset, because like if you think you're bad at switchovers, you'll be bad at switchovers, right? And it's like, you just have to realize that the customer already sees the value in the service. You don't have to build value on the idea of pest control. They have it. Like I wouldn't go up to you and like, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> uh, Toyota. Okay, that's great. And, yeah. and you love it. And it's got great gas mileage. And, and I don't have to sell you on the idea that Toyotas are good. You yeah. have a Toyota and you like it. Like, so like, why would I come in and be like, oh no, dude, Toyotas suck. Like you got to get a Ford, you know? Mm. It's like, no, dude, Toyotas are great. I'm glad you totally see the value in Toyota. I don't know if you've looked into Fords. They have all the same features, like the same value adds, but they do have these like couple more things, which I think Mm. could be like worth your while. Like what? I I don't know if you'd be interested, but like, you know, it, it is more for about the same price, you know? Then you're like, oh, okay. Like, and and so I think the mindset is knowing like they already see the value in the service. It's like you don't have to build value. All you have to do, and this is why I think switchovers are so easy because I'm in and out of a switchover in like three minutes. All you have to do is say what's different, why that benefits the customer, and that should be enough. It's like they, because they don't care. They don't care what, you know, how high you spray in the home or how far you go in the yard or what the chemical composition of the products that you use. They want the bugs gone. Like when, when I have, I just had internet put in on my house. Yeah. It's like, I didn't ask them like, oh, like what kind of wire are you guys using? Or like, you know, what's the coil? Like 
I don't care. I have internet. It works. Like, yeah. I really don't care. If someone came and they're like, hey, I'll give you the same internet for a better price. I'm like, okay, I'll probably do it. Like, if the value is there, it, it wouldn't make sense. And so just having that mindset from a consumer standpoint of like, if you would be willing to switch if something was better, why wouldn't they, right? Mm. So coming in with that mindset. Now, technicality speaking, I kind of let in on it a little bit, but like if if you guys got anything from like switchovers, let it be this. Like the more you bash a company, the more likely you are to not close the deal, right? And so it's like, for example, if I have a, if you have a Toyota yeah. and I, I had before the, the Corvette, yesterday that I bought, I had a Kia Optima, right? And I still have it. It's like, if I went at you and I'm like, oh dude, like Toyota suck. Like, why would you ever have a Toyota? Yeah. Immediately, I would just think you're a dick. Yeah. And immediately like, if if we're in a debate, what are you going to start to do? You're going to start to defend it. Yeah. Say, no dude, Toyotas are great. I get good gas mileage. I've got all the cargo space I need. It's super safe and reliable. It's got all the features I want. Right. And like, you know, I, I gained no ground versus, you know, if I go to another person, I'm like, oh, dude, you have an Optima. Dude, Optimas are awesome. Like, dude, I love Optimas. Like, what's been your favorite part so far? Oh, dude, I love the, you know, lane assist or, or whatever it may be. And then I'm like, oh, cool, dude. Like, like, dude, I was kind of thinking about getting one. Like, what would like the drawbacks be? All of a sudden, dude, the freaking floodgates open. And I'm mm. like, oh, dude, the, the thing you need to look out for is this. And like on top of that, like I kind of don't like the the storage space and like the gas mileage, like you could for sure get better gas mileage elsewhere. And so just by leading with a foot of kindness and with a foot of, oh no, like you're actually really smart to have made the decision that you made. Like, I'm not here to say that it was a bad choice. I'm just here to like present other options, right? Because your option, I think we can all agree that if a better option came our way, we wouldn't be opposed to taking it. But sometimes things can come across as like pushy. Like, mm. you know, when you're switching phone plans, you're like, oh no, dude, like if you do it right now, like make the switch, they're they're pushing the agenda of doing it right now for the company's sake, not doing it right now for the customer's sake. Like this is why it would benefit you to do this, right? And so leading with a foot of like, okay, you know, I'm gonna compliment and I'm going to draw info out and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like actually understand the customer and like why do you like what you have and and maybe why don't you like what you have and if i can provide value that makes sense like then i will and then you'll probably switch there's also a lot of times that i'm like oh no like actually like if that's what you're looking for in a company like that's probably you should probably stick with these guys Mm. right and and having that ability (laughs) to walk away when when it doesn't make sense for the customer Mm. if that makes sense yeah because so many guys just want to shove it down their throats yeah. and, and, and force it, mm-hmm. um, which obviously having your ear to the ground and knowing the customer and knowing exactly what they need yep. um, and then presenting your solution to that, which yeah. most of the time you're going to provide a better solution to that problem that they are presenting. Yeah. And even if it's like, even if it's something simple, like, oh, hey, um, you know, I really like everything my company does. The only thing I don't like is like, they just don't do this. And I'm like, oh, that's it? It's the only thing you don't like? Oh, perfect, dude. Well, why don't we just do this? How about we just set it you up on the exact same program that your company was doing? Everything's the same. It will be a little bit more expensive because we are actually going to do that one thing that mm-hmm. you don't like that your company doesn't do. Let us add that in. It will be a little bit more. It'll be worth it, though, because obviously it's worth it to you or else you wouldn't have ever brought it up. 
and like and then let's make the switch and i'll make it easy for you and they're like all right sounds good like you just literally solved <laughs> the thing, one boom like it's everything that i already liked and then the one thing that i didn't like and perfect we're done and that's why switchovers can be so smooth like that's that's really in my opinion the key to to having big days is like it all starts like it's really hard to find like 15 people a day that have never had pest control or like they don't have pest control mm. and sell all 15 of those guys it's way easier to find 15 people who have pest control that wouldn't be like they're not married to their bug guy if that makes sense yes absolutely and you know there are a lot of people listening to this that um are in the gutter of like oh like switchovers too hard like mm-hmm. i can't because i was there like can't be that guy yeah like when I was a rookie in my second year, if someone said that they had a company and like they had been using them for, if it was under one year, I'd walk away. And if it was over three years, I'd walk away. Mm. So I'd be like, oh yeah, who are you guys using? Oh no, yeah, they're really good. How long have you been with them? Oh, you've been with them for eight months? Yeah, you're still in contract. Honestly, just finish out with them. And then if you don't like it, switch. Or, mm. oh yeah, like, no, you're, you've been around, you've been using them for five years. Oh, so you probably really like them. Okay, yeah, that, no, that's fine. I get it. And it's like, that's... And like, I just walked away from, you know, 50% more deals just because I just didn't understand the concept of like, if it's better, why not switch? Mm. But now that I am a homeowner and a consumer of like tons of things, it's like, I'm totally okay making the switch. And as long as it's an easy and seamless process, why wouldn't I, if it, if it makes more sense, logically speaking, absolutely take the emotion out of it. And I mean, that's something interesting too, that you mentioned, like now, like you're a homeowner and everything. It's like. As kind of like an adult, you realize, like, you get bills. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember, you know, my first summer knocking with Vivid. I'm like, oh, I can't sell someone, a, you know, an $80 a month alarm. Yeah. You're like, that's too much money. Like, because in my mind at the time, 80 bucks a month was a lot of money yeah. for a subscription to something. Now it's your cheapest bill. And I'm like, <laughs> gosh, I'm paying like 400 a month in, in uh, supplements. Utilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, like, I pay 50 a month in car washes. Like, And I go like three times a month maybe, you know? So yeah, it's like, people piss this money away. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's And ridiculous. it's like what you said. If you offer something that's better, and yeah, maybe it's a little bit more, but if it's better, they'll buy it. Yeah, thousand percent. It's like, People don't buy a service to to like be disappointed in it. So if there's mm. if there's even one more piece of value that you can add to alleviate the disappointment, then the money will have totally been worth it. Because why would you not pay like to me, if someone came to my house and it's like sixty dollars for this thing and it has nine out of ten features I want, and it's eighty dollars for this thing and it has ten out of ten features, why would I, you know, for twenty bucks, like that's a McDonald's meal these days, right? Yeah. It's like, why would I throw away the one feature I really want for 20 bucks? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like a movie theater. Like, the, si- the size difference between the medium popcorn yeah. and the large popcorn. It's, it's um, drastically different in size, but not that much difference in price. Yeah, it's like, dude, if I want more, I'll get more. Like, a- and I don't know. It's just like, you know, the average American makes like $54,000 a year, I think is mm-hmm. what the statistic was. Uh, at least that, you know, I, I believe that. I don't I don't know where I got this data, but I think it was around there. But, um, dude, it's like, that's a that's a fair amount of money. Like, mm-hmm. the difference between 10 bucks a month is really not that big a deal. I mean, think of how much average consumers spend on just like every trip to the grocery store on average is like $200 a trip to yeah. a grocery store. 
it's like and and half the time you walk out with 20 things you don't even need right yeah it's like oh no you like here's a need i've got the solution for it this is what it costs it's black and white and like dude switchovers are not emotional they're not like it's not like oh like switch because you like me or switch because i'm gonna <laughs> do better right no it's like switch because it makes sense and if it doesn't make sense then don't switch like and i'm and i'm i'm okay and i'll tell people on the doors listen here's the thing if the situation was different and and your company was actually providing this for you, then I probably wouldn't even still be standing here. It probably wouldn't make sense because why would you pay more for, for the same, mm-hmm. right? But the difference is blatantly here. You're paying more for more, right? Or even you're paying the same for more. So like, why wouldn't you do it? Like, and like, if you explain to the customer like that, like, like, listen, there's no, there's nothing tying you to your company. There's nothing holding you like down to like, Oh no, but I like this guy. Like, dude, how much do you really like this guy? Yeah. Like where like it's not an emotional decision to switch companies. People do it every day. It's logical. And so, take the emotion out of it. Don't say don't start bringing up all these reviews and all these like, <laughs> "Oh no, but your neighbor Sally, they didn't like this." And like, no, it's like, "Okay, this is what they liked about us. Like, this is your company." This is my company. And it, like, if you've ever seen those little, little like spreadsheets that have the different, the three yeah, different the, programs, the, like, kind of and the, they've got the little check marks. It's like, this company provides four check marks. This one does six and this one does eight. It's like, most people are going to go with the one that provides the most check marks um, or whichever one fits their needs the most, right? And so if you make it fit the needs that they want, you know, you could even charge them less than what they're paying because they don't need all the stuff that they're getting. So mm. you just figure out what they need charge them based on that and then the solution is done and then why would they ever switch to another company other than you know just is cheaper yeah right and i i feel like the only the only way i've really lost like a a a chunk of customers was just by companies coming through and saying oh yeah we're gonna do the same thing but cheaper and i don't even blame the customer because if another company can do the exact same thing but it's cheaper than like you know good for the customer like they found a good Mm -hmm. deal if they're willing to hear it out and it makes sense to them and the other person was able to pre- present it logically, then like, yeah, they made the logical decision that was best for them. Just yeah. like I would do for me. Yeah, but it's the abundance mentality that's most important. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, if I'm losing a deal over a customer getting, you know, the same thing for cheaper, yeah, I'm not sweating. No, it's like, because like, there's more deals to be had. Oh, there's always more deals. And it's like, and the people who think retroactively and they're like, oh no, I lo- I'm losing so many deals, they're missing the deals that are right in front of them. So it's like, mm. at the end of the day, all I can control is like this next door and this one more day and one more week and one more month. And like, mm. all I can control is what's ahead of me. I can't go back and, you know, call every single one of my customers and be like, Hey, like, what was the, what was the number one reason you switched? Like, like the time that it's going to take me to do that is going to clearly take away. Like, I know what my time is worth. Like if I'm selling eight to 10 a day, why would I spend an hour or two trying to save a customer for $500 contract or whatever mm. when I could go get another three in that same hour? You know? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't sense. make sense. It's like there's always more deals. Yeah. So, and if they found a better deal somewhere else, then they found a better deal somewhere else. Beautiful. So. Absolutely beautiful. So now let's kind of shift over into mindset. And okay. this has been something, you know, talking to Alec, talking to Zach Seeger, um, talking to the other boys. This one's kind of like the biggest piece of the whole puzzle. Why do you think that is? Oh, uh, I would say well, the reason mindset is is the most important piece of the puzzle is because like, um, you know, you just have a ce- you're just putting a ceiling on yourself. 
And yeah. you can either put a low ceiling on yourself or a high ceiling on yourself. And like, it's a pretty simple answer to like a fairly simple question. It's like mindset is important because without it, you have like nothing, right? Yeah. If, if you're not out there to like get better and you're not out there to like work hard, then what are you doing out there? There's like a million other jobs that you could have that you could work way less hard and make make way more money. Like if, if you're putting it into perspective of like effort to money ratio, way less effort for way more money is out there, right? Yeah. Overall, it's less money, but it's it's less money because you're putting in less effort, right? Mm. And so like there's jobs out there where, you know, you could put in like, you know, for example, if I'm working from one to nine every day, I'm putting eight hours of like, really hard dedicated effort in and for that reason you know i'll make two three four grand a day right you might not make you know two three four grand a day but you can maybe make like a grand a day doing the same amount of time but like only 50 percent of the effort right and so i think that why would you be doing this job if you if it wasn't to like max out the amount of effort that you put in so yeah it's hard enough as it is yeah it's like and it's and it's just a game at the end of the day it's like with anything over like you know once you're making over six figures like pretty substantially it's just a it's just a game it's like it the you the people who don't do well are the people that pull out the calculator in like july and august and they're like oh i've already made like 100 grand i've already made 200 (laughs) grand like yeah and they start to get trunky you know it's five it's five o'clock and they've sold five and they're like dude i've already made like I've already made a grand today. Like I'm probably fine. It's like mm. the people who like consistently do way better. The people who are like, dude, I don't care. The money is just a byproduct of the of the effort that you put in. The game is how much effort can I put in? Like, can I if if like my if my day was like a health bar, like the, go back to like Game Boy Pokemon, right? If like my game if my day was a health bar, my health bar better be like this much at the end of the day, or else it wasn't like a super successful day. Like you got to give yeah. the most amount of effort. If I have 25 health left, it's like, dude, I would, I would rather the guy who has one health left and got three deals than the guy who has 25 health left that got eight deals. Cause like one of them is pushing themselves to the brink and the other one is just moseying, you know? <sighs> Jeez, that's powerful. It's powerful. Cause again, you're not leaving anything on the table. Yeah. And it's like, and you can, you can be okay going home with zero deals if you didn't leave anything on the table absolutely like and i have no shame and if i bagel it's like my team knows and all my guys know and all my friends know and my wife knows and i know that it wasn't because of my effort it was a hundred percent because of um maybe i wasn't on my game or maybe i wasn't as sharp as i should have been or or maybe i you know i'm making excuses to myself on why it's okay that i'm not selling but it for sure wasn't because of my effort and my intentional effort but at the same time, I haven't bageled in like three years because it's really hard to not sell when you are putting forth intentional effort. I don't think I bageled since my rookie year. Absolutely. Because like when you're constantly putting forth like intentional effort, how could you really, you know, mm-hmm. your mind has to be wandering like crazy. Yeah. If your mind is in the right place, you're, you're going to sell. And what's the secret to developing that kind of mindset? Um, I think it's it sounds dumb, but. And I said this the other day, we had like this great conference and I said this the other day and I kind of got laughed at by my friends because it's so like simple, but it, it rings true. It's like in order to do things you've never done, you have to do things you've never done. Yeah. And like, which sounds so dumb, but it's like in order to go do a golden door, 
you know, maybe you do have to run that marathon and like, it doesn't have to be physical. Maybe you do have to do the ice bath. Maybe you do just have to like, dude, you hate reading. How about you learn to love reading? And how about you learn to rewire your brain to love things that maybe you've never loved before. And like, it all starts with like a choice and deciding. And if you just decide, like, like I, Parker Anderton is such a good example of this, where when he decides he wants to do something, he might hate it, but he will tell himself that he loves it until he loves it, right? It's like, and, and that was a huge inspiration for me. Like my first year I met with him and he was like, I was like, dude, I'm going to do 75 hard because Drew Hansen challenged us to do 75 hard or whatever, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do 75 hard. I'm like, but dude, I don't like working out. Like it's actually like one of my least favorite things to do is like go to the gym. I just time in a place where like you don't see result until like six to 12 months down the road, right? Yeah, it's so gradual. It's so like tedious and monotonous. And it's like, oh, I got to do the same workout I've done for the last six weeks just to maybe see a five pound increase in, in you know, result. But, and I just talked to him and he's like, dude, like, why don't you just learn to love it? And I was like, well, that's like easier said than done. He's like, no, like when you go to the gym, tell yourself that you love going to the gym. And like, cause like your brain, it's like a stage. Only one act can be on the stage at a time. And so you can't hate and love something at the same time. Like people talk about love-hate relationships. You either love it in the moment or you hate it in the moment. You can't love and hate it in the moment. So if you choose the love, then the hate takes back, stays backstage. Now the thing is, it's really easy for that to switch where someone like where the love can go backstage and the hate can get to the center stage unless you're constantly affirming that love of it. So it's like when I'm on the doors, it's like, Dude, I love knocking. I love knocking doors. When I like going out to doors, I'm not like the biggest fan of. And like, yeah. And I could be if I made myself. You get the pre door jitters. Yeah. I, dude, we all get it. The hardest door is the car door, right? And so Absolutely. it's like, but, but then you're on the doors and you're like, I actually enjoy this. I actually love what I do. I love the money I make. I love the value I'm, at, I'm able to provide people. I love the leadership that comes with being successful at this job. I love the friendships I've made throughout this job. And like all of a sudden, like everything that you thought you hated about the job, like is totally backstage. You don't even remember it because you're just love, 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 love. Like I love this. Mm. And it's not, I will love this or I could love this. It's I love this. Like it's not, oh dude, I will sell a golden door or I could sell a golden door. It's dude, I'm selling a golden door currently. I'm, I've already done it in my brain. The deed was already done. It's just time to go out and like collect. But your mind can, like I say, really quickly go from, oh, I am selling one to like, oh, I could sell one. You got to find a way to get the I am back to the center stage. Absolutely. And, um, you know, that's the big, one of the biggest parts of the whole thing is, you know, that visualization, that realization and, and that yep. self-belief. Yeah. And affirmations is one thing. Like belief is another like you can affirm something that you don't believe in, yeah. but it, like to actually believe something like to your core and say, oh no, dude, I know myself and I know that I can learn to love things. Like because I went and did 75 hard, I learned to love how I looked and I learned to love the effort it took. And like, because I went out and ran a marathon, I learned to love running or whatever it may be for you. Yeah. Like because I... I did ice baths when I didn't want to. I learned to love them because of the, the benefits and everything that it's provided me in my life. And it's not an easy process. 
at first you have to convince yourself through faith and then you convince yourself through results. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> We've got to write that down, everyone. So um, absolutely powerful principles. Um, what would you say to um, the rep that is trying to develop that mindset? You know, maybe they're hopping in the ice bath every now and then, but mm-hmm. they just ha- it just hasn't clicked for them. Where that, that, you know, that kind of that David Goggins drive just hasn't mm-hmm. quite hit them yet. What yeah. did you tell them? Well, dude, it doesn't have to be your version of heart is different than everyone else's version of heart. If someone tells you because you're not because you don't get in an ice bath every day, you're weak. It's not true. It's like because someone tells you that you don't consistently work out, you only occasionally work out, like you're weak. It's just not true. Everyone has different goals. Like if your goal is to be consistent, get consistent at things that you don't like, right? Like be consistent in the gym. If your goal is to go out and be consistent every day on the doors, you better learn how to be consistent in other aspects of your life. If your goal out there is to like be really good at sprinting, like, okay, I'm only going to be out there two months, but for those two months, I'm going to just leave everything on the table. You better learn how to be good at sprinting in other aspects of your life. Like, you know, I wouldn't, sprinting in your relationship probably isn't the best thing to do, (laughs) but maybe sprinting in like, okay, how quickly can I lose 10 pounds or something, right? It's like find find things in life that correlate to each other and stack those wins. Like, because if you can be consistent in this, then you could be consistent in in this as well. If you could be really intentional in this, you could be really intentional as this. Like, it's very tedious to like knock doors. It's also very tedious to like sit and like read a book. If I'm really good at reading, I could be really good at like the monotony of knocking doors. Mm. So, and like Vess, Vess said it well, um, Vess from Aptive, he says, uh, you know, it's the monotony. Like be, be, get really good at the monotony because the monotony in one thing will translate to the success in something else. And, uh, you know, at the same time, like live in a strategically unbalanced life where it's okay that for a year or two, you totally take off of like, maybe old friendships and relationships and you just sprint. And like a lot of guys in our industry do that. Like they totally burn the boats for a couple of years and they sprint and then they come back and then, dude, I promise you like the relationships that you really truly believe in, they'll still be there. Right. And you, and it'll still be there. And, uh, because if you sprint the first half of your life, then you can relax the second half of your life. It's not a one year balance. It's not a 10 year balance. It's a lifetime of balance. So like me and my wife know, from now until like I'm 28, 29, 30, I'm going to be sprinting. I'm not going to have a lot of time. I'm not going to be as into the relationship as I will be between 30 and 50. Mm-hmm. Because like the the foundation starts with the sprint and then the benefit comes down the road, kind of like the gym, right? And so that's strategically unbalanced. And in order, like you said, if I'm talking to the guy who just needs to get in that mindset, you have to be okay with like figuring out what your goals are and being strategically unbalanced towards those goals. Absolutely. And there's just so many powerful principles in there that I kind of want to unpack. I mean, first off, it's, you know, everyone starts somewhere mm-hmm. and everyone, like, I think we underestimate the power of counting the little wins. Yep. You know, stacking dubs, as Zach Seeger would say. Absolutely. It's like, you know, did we wake up early today? Did we spend a little time in a book? You know, just the yep. little things, because consistency is the true, like, uh, secret to momentum. 
Mm -hmm. And momentum is the secret to confidence, and confidence is the secret to sales. Yep. Um, so what would you say um, are some of the uh, most important dubs you could be stacking then? Yeah, dude, that's a great question. I think it's all totally based on like what your goal is. Um, like for me in the pest control industry, it's like I want to sell a lot of accounts. I want to provide a ton of value. Like, So what the dubs I need to stack is – in the off season, like how much value can I provide my guys? How much value can I provide people who I've never even met yet, right? Mm. Um, how much value can I provide like my wife and, and our, our cute dog, right? <laughs> or, um, versus, you know, maybe in a different industry, someone's goal is to, to just to get out and like just make their first six figures, right? It's like if your goal is to go out and make your first six figures, go, go do firsts, go run your first marathon. Mm -hmm. Go do your first ice ice bath. Go lose your first 10 pounds. Like get really good at, at doing things for the first time. And so whatever your goal is, you got to just kind of stack the little wins that attribute to that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It's like, it's like if, if I've never been a 5 a.m. guy, but like I've also never been a golden door, like maybe, and this, it won't directly correlate, but it sure will help. Like maybe if I can get good at doing something I've never done before, like waking up at 5 a.m., then that will build the momentum you're talking about to becoming really good at something I've never done before, which is a golden door, mm -hmm. right? And I think when I made the switch to the Grizz, when I realized that, it's like things were going to be different, not because of just the culture and like training and whatever, but because I was doing things I had never done before. So like if I could do this, which I've never done before, I could also do this, which I've never done before. Because like people will say, going to the gym for the first time is way easier than getting a golden door. But at the same time, it's like, it's your first time for both. So it's really the same, like, if that makes sense. 100%. And some people will say no. Some people will say no. Your first ice bath is way easier than, like, <laughs> getting a golden door, <clears throat> which in certain aspects it is. That's why you have, to, you have to have your own set of goals, right, and stack your own dubs. Yeah, because it's individual for each person. It's like, you know, my dubs are different than your dubs. Yep. What's going to get me fired up is might not get you fired up exactly you know i'm a rock guy you're probably a rap guy yeah, i would <laughs> you know, say that's yeah that's how it rolls uh so it's just you know stacking finding what's getting you excited and then stacking those wins what's up everybody door-to-door -door con sevens coming up january 25th through the 27th in salt lake city utah if you have not got your ticket you're going to miss out on the industry's leading event with vendors over 100 with over 40 speakers on recruiting sales finance, growing your business, scaling. And we've had over 3,000 attendees there last year and this year is gonna be bigger and better with Lance Armstrong, Sean White, Kent Clothier, myself, and so many really cool people to network with the best. We have more Golden Door winners this year. We have more coming at you and I don't think you're gonna to wanna to miss it. Um, so now shifting over a little bit into DDDCon. Okay. January 25th through the 27th, Salt Lake City. Stoke. This is your second DDDCon you've attended? Yep. So give the audience a little bit of a taste. What, what, what are they to expect? Oh, man. The first order con that I went to was last year. And I wish I would have gone earlier, right, in more years. Because first off, um, it's just unity. I'd, I'd start with that. It's people coming from all different companies, from all different industries, from all different parts of the U.S. together to support something that we all do that's really hard. It's like... It's like if the Boston Marathon, people come from all over because they love running and they're passionate mm -hmm. about it. 
And like, there's a certain emotional security that comes with that where you feel like you're in a safe place because you're around people who have sacrificed as much as you sacrificed to be there. That's like door-to-door con, regardless of if you've done a golden door before, you're there to invest in yourself and everyone else is there to invest in themselves as well. And so it cultivates, um, you know, a culture of growth, which is going to open your mind to opportunities and possibilities that you never thought. Like, like Tristan Smith, for example, he talks about how his very, he went to a very first door to door con. And then all of a sudden, like he realized that all these people like have a common goal to be great. And now he, and if they can do it, then he can do it. And then he goes out and he does it right. He would have never thought that was possible without first attending door to door con and seeing all the other people who believed it was possible as well. Although maybe they didn't do it and he did, that comes with different things. But at least like Draymond Green says, like, until you believe you're great, you'll never become great. Right. And so like, I will constantly believe that I'm the best to give myself a shot at becoming the best. Because if there's ever a time I don't believe I'm the best, then obviously I'll never become the best. Mm. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, And it's just absolutely incredible to see, you know, you're surrounded with, the solar golden door winners. You're surrounded with the roofing golden door winners, Mm -hmm. grit golden door winners, alarm guys. It's like, we all have this common purpose, Yep. which is amazing. We take off the hat. We take, when you know, it's not, you were we're not from grit. We're not from Vivint. We're not from Aptive. It's like, I'm Zach and I achieve my goal. And I knock doors. I knock doors. I work my ass off and this is the result of it. Absolutely. It's a pretty empowering experience because it takes, it strips away all all level of like, oh, because I work for this company is why I'm good or because of this or this or this or whatever. And it just comes down to a common purpose of like, no, I like, I didn't get a golden door because of the grit. I got a golden door because I got a golden door. It's like the company was a step in that process and it for sure helped. Like, don't get me wrong, the grit was amazing. But it's not a recruiting event. It's, it's nothing like that. There's no like, oh, because you don't work with me is why you're not successful. It's it all just comes down to the personal like development side where only yeah. you can develop the opportunity to be great. Absolutely. And we're super excited. We're excited to have you on stage once again, uh, getting your, your Golden Door Award. Hopefully next year we, we got two of those Golden Door Awards yep. waiting for you. I was going to say last year I was carrying this thing up onto the stage. So it's cool to finally see it again. <laughs> yeah, have it in action and yep. stuff. Um, but absolutely. Well, Zach... This has been absolutely fire. Uh, we could do this all day, um, spewing the spewing the flames. But I love um, to hear myself talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> before we before we let you go, do you have any parting words for the industry as a whole? Yeah, man. Um, I would say. Sorry, I'm taking a second to really gather my thoughts because it's only one thought, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big question. It's a big question. I think the biggest piece of advice I could leave is. Um, and I wish I would have known this sooner is like competition is healthy and obviously super necessary in an industry like ours, but comparison is the killer of confidence and everyone's running their own race. And I say this every single day. I have a recording of myself on my phone where it says like, you run your own race, like n- no one else's results determine your results. Right. And that's the cool thing about door to door as well as the, in the caveat is the hard thing about door to door is you can't sit back and let other people succeed for you. You have to go do it. But 
Like it'd be really easy for me to be like, oh dude, I work with Zach Seeger. He's obviously like, he did 1.5 million. I only did a million. Like I'm not good. Dude, I am good. I am special. I am worthy. I am worthwhile. I am amazing, right? And the only way that I even got to a million was by not comparing myself to those people. Competing with those people, sure. But comparing myself to those people would be a false preface because, or it, it, you know, it makes no sense because they're not me. And at the end, in 40 years, when none of us are doing door to door anymore, or maybe all of us are still doing door to door, I don't know. We're not going to be comparing like our lives because we all had different goals. We all had different paths to get there. We all just so happen to congregate in the same place at the same time. It's like high school. Like, why would you compare to someone yourself to someone you went to high school with? when their goals are so drastically different than your goals, just because you had one thing in common, which was the name of a high school, right? Yeah. So don't don't compare, compete. Absolutely. And what a great way to end the podcast um, because obviously, you know, people will be, you know, comparing themselves to all the previous Golden Door mm-hmm. winners. And, and listening to this and probably comparing yourself to absolutely. the people who are on the show. Like, dude, don't compare yourself with the people who are on the show. Compete with the people compete who are on the show. And you're worthy of that too. Oh, absolutely. And anyone can do anybody it. can be in this chair. Literally absolutely. any person. Absolutely. And what a great way to end the podcast, like I said. Uh, Zach, it's been absolutely amazing having you on here. We're so excited for DDDCon in January to have you up on that stage. Drop in your, your fire like you always have. Um, so everyone, this has been a episode of the DDD podcast, the Golden Door Deep Dive segment, and we'll tune in next time, all right? 